Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 30th, 2021. It has been 197 days since 20 nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Actually, by the time you and I record again, that means it'll be right about that 200-day mark since oh, 20 boy. nominations were announced. To refresh, announce uh, the 20 nominations were announced on October 15th. Do you think that by the one-year anniversary... We will have had the Tony Awards. <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. No. I'm not kidding. No. Okay. No. I am starting to think we won't. What what day was it again? What what was what was the day it was announced? October fifteenth of twenty twenty. So October fifteenth of twenty twenty one. Will we have had the Tony Awards? Yeah, I really don't think so. I really do not. Especially as we're gonna talk about in a second, you know, the plan opening is September, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it would be very funny. For, um, uh, October 15th, 2021 is a Friday. I think it'd be hilarious if they did it on Sunday, October 17th. Oh, God almighty. I mean, I, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't even begin to suppose about it because who I knows? Know. <laughs> Are they still, in, is it Could still in be. business? Who, who knows? knows? All right. Well, we just don't know. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, let's get into the news, Ashley, and you alluded to it just a second ago. First up, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced on Thursday that as of July 1st, he was planning on reopening the city to its full capacity. He said, quote, we are ready for stores. Let me say that again. He said, quote, we are ready for stores to open, for businesses to open, offices, theaters full strength. Did you notice that last place of business that he mentioned that I overemphasized? Mm. That's right. He said theaters. Theaters, which are currently only able to operate at 33% capacity, are planned to be opened fully by July 1st. Now, the mayor noted that with the rapid expansion of uh, expansion of vaccinations, they are working hard to make a July 1 return date happen. But he did caution that just because the city could reopen two months from tomorrow, that you probably shouldn't expect Broadway to come back right away. He said, quote, I'd say you should expect Broadway full strength in September, but I'd love to see some of the smaller shows up in July and August, presumably off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway and other things. In follow-ups, the forthright forward-thinking beacon of information and inspiration for the entire industry, the Broadway League, confirmed <laughs> that they were continuing to target a September reopening. In a statement, the trade organization said, quote, the Broadway League has been working closely with state and city officials on plans for safely restarting the Broadway industry, welcoming audiences, and bringing our workforce back. Today's remarks by the mayor gave us further optimism that Broadway production can resume this fall, beginning in September, and we look forward to providing more details about reopening in the coming weeks. Now, Ashley, the mayor's announcement mm. is obviously news and big news at that. However, the Broadway League statement is pretty much just reconfirming what they had previously said and what Weird. we had all expected, especially since we know that some shows are already on sale for September. Yeah. Um, but with the backing of the mayor's office, I feel pretty confident that we will start getting official concrete announcements with actual press releases about shows reopening in September, maybe in October, over the next few weeks. The Broadway League said yeah. in the coming weeks, I think like, I mean, I don't know if it'll be like May 3rd, next Monday, but I think we will get multiple shows announcing their intentions in the first yeah. half of May 
Because again, like we've said before, they're going to want to have at least three months to start selling tickets. 100%. They're going to have to do casting and replace crew members. Yep. Um, that's not going to happen in the blink of an eye. They've got a other a ton of other logistical stuff in the theaters. Reconditioning, yeah. all of it. Right. They've got a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen fairly quickly if shows are actually going to start in September. Definitely. Yeah, we've talked about this before. First of all, uh, incredibly surprising that the Broadway League doesn't have any new information and is just rehashing what they've previously said. I'm absolutely shocked. <laughs> uh, but second, yeah, I mean, even, you know, just the other day, Six had posted on their Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, you know, alluding to the fact that they're going <laughs> to seemingly have tickets on sale soon. So, so I'm sure part of that was waiting for some more concrete yes. date. Yeah, exactly. You know, the New York City reopening date. As things are slowly starting to reopen, but theater doesn't really have that opportunity to slowly reopen, <laughs> at least on Broadway standards, because no. it's kind of that kind of has to be all or nothing. Um, so yeah, this is exciting. I'm sure, as you already said, there are shows that are already you know already have either tickets on sale secretly or have said that they're going to have tickets. Tickets on sale yeah. soon. Double uh, secret probation tickets. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sure we'll see more of it in the coming weeks, which is, you know, truly exciting. I can't wait to spend money I don't really have for this <laughs> immediate ticket drops because you know I will yeah. be. Oh yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna do some sort of like ticket deals as early as possible. Oh, yeah. and you're gonna want to get in on yeah. the cheap stuff. I understand how that works. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine we'll hear announcements from a bunch of shows, but I think it's the shows. Um, that are the biggest tent poles of Broadway that are going to open first. They might not go on sale first, but sure. you know we're going to see Hamilton, uh, Wicked, Lion King, probably Phantom, probably yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, um, those ones going on sale because they are the ones that can attract tourists uh, the best. But I I agree. I think things like Moulin Rouge and Six will be making announcements soon. And um, whether or not that means they come back in September, October, or November, I think most shows that are going to want to open are going to want to open for the holidays. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Whether whether shows open in that initial fall push or they wait a couple months, uh, you know, when the biggest tourism season is going to be, theoretically, assuming people actually want to come back to New York, which you would think they would now that people are actually getting vaccinated and actually want to see Christmas in New York again. Yeah, that's going to be the point. That's, you know, if shows, (laughs) we typically see shows close in January anyway, or at the end of December anyway, like this is going to be the point that if they can suffer the tourism season, they're really going to have to suffer the tourism season here. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll always see some shows uh, deciding to open in in the spring, like a yeah. normal season. Mm-hmm. All right, Ashley, let's take a real quick break from the news and talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. One of the worst things about this pandemic has been the financial impact that it's had on literally millions yeah. of individuals. Folks have lost their jobs. They've lost um, the source of income. And a lot of people have had to turn to credit card statements just to get by and to make ends meet. Now, even more so than during normal times, it can be absolutely terrifying to look at your credit card statement every month. Mm-hmm. But 
with Upstart, you can start to take some of that weight off of your shoulders as they can finally help you feel the relief of being credit card debt free. Mm -hmm. And whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, funding personal expenses, you can use Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. What they do is they look at more than just your credit score, which sucks, uh, and instead looks at your income and employment history. With just a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. And you can get that money as fast as one business day after you're accepting your loan, which you got to get that money quick. Got to get that ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, I screwed that up anyway. But anyway, um, find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Once again, go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, we've got a couple other news stories that I want to let people know about. First off, yesterday, in celebration of the 25th anniversary of Rent's premiere on the Broadway, HBO announced that the documentary Revolution Rent will debut on HBO and HBO Max on Tuesday, June 15th. The doc is directed by Andy Senior Jr. and Victor Patrick Alvarez and follows Andy to Cuba, where he is tasked with directing a stage production of Rent, which becomes the country's first broad. Broadway-level musical produced by an American company in more than 50 Mm. years. Ashley, I vaguely remember this story happening, but I am super interested in checking this out in a month and a half um, when it hits HBO Max. Like, this is... Um, the kind of the mix of the art and the political yeah. uh, stuff that looks very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to see this. I, I don't rem- remember when this was actually announced, but it's somewhere deep in the recesses of my mind. So I definitely remember that this is a yeah. thing that happened. But now, definitely got to get on it. I don't think I remember that there was a documentary, but I like vaguely remember the production, which I, I remember- think we talked about it here on Broadway Radio. Yeah, but who knows? I remember the production and I I remember at some point this being announced in the trades, at least. Yeah, and it'll be nice to watch a documentary where someone is not kidnapped or murdered like I have to do for almost everything yeah, on my day job. Yeah, but that's awesome. That's my, that's my day-to-day anyway. <laughs> it's literally my day-to-day anyway, even though I don't <laughs> like that stuff. Anyway. Um, next up, also on Thursday, we learned that the great Kenny Leon will be directing the first installment of the Roundabout Theater Company's Refocus Project, as he will helm uh, Sam Art Williams's drama Home. The company for this um, one-night reading includes Tony nominee uh Lacongo, Brittany Ng, Christina Sajus, and Rob Demery. The 90-minute reading is free and will take place tonight, Friday, April 30th. There is a suggested donation to support Black Theater United. We will have a link in the show notes where you can sign up for access to the presentation right away. Now, Ashley, I sent you over an article from uh, Forbes magazine written by Lee Seymour, who we've mm-hmm. talked about uh, in the past. And he's been a guest on uh, the O'Henry Report, which I used to uh, produce over at Broadway World. Um, and he is doing this multi-article um, uh, set of, of stories looking at 
kind of the the industry's return. And this article focuses on the racial reckoning that Broadway has gone through over the past year. He does a wonderful job, as always, of breaking down a lot of the details and facts and stats. You know, Broadway has 41 theaters. All of them are owned and managed by white people. You can count um, all of the theaters that shows led by uh, black producers have, have ever gotten on two hands and yeah. um, Asian and Latino producers on one hand, all of those kind of things. Um, and there's a lot of going over a lot of the organizations that we've talked about um, over the past year broadway advocacy coalition um black theater united um all of these different um groups that we've talked about he goes into detail talking with the the stakeholders and all of these organizations to see what they have been doing what they are going to continue to do and also what they are hoping to see from the community as it gets back and there's a lot of yeah. great details about some of the things you know we have to talk about those initial press releases there's some details about this that i didn't know which are really good but what I actually was most interested in, Ashley, is that – and I don't know if it's just because everybody wants to be optimistic that this stuff can be um, positively changed because mm-hmm. the alternative is so uh, damaging. Yeah. Yeah, it's so bleak. But there's a number of quotes from um, people who are very, very much at the center of this fight. Uh, Drea Brown, who is the chief of staff for the Broadway Advocacy Coalition, she said, quote – you can only work with people who want to be worked with, but that work will will then bleed out to the unwilling because they are friends with the willing. Those closest to the problem are closest to the solution. And she's talking about the fact that, yes, there will be people who in the industry who either for um, personal beliefs reasons or just time or money or whatever don't invest either in the retraining or whatever to help this stuff happens. But she said that's okay because those that do want to be a part of the solution will, you know, help the rest of the community almost by osmosis. Yeah. Then Kim- Kimberly Dodson, who is an actor as well as the co-founder of the organization Everybody Black, said, quote, I actually have a lot of hope because if we do return to normal, the collective psyche of the people in, in the industry just won't be able to hand it, handle it. We have been too undone. We have seen too much to return to March 12th, 2020. That feels impossible. So, you know, like we said, it could be very, very bleak if um, things don't change. But the people who are on the ground leading the charge to make changes on Broadway legitimately seem to think that there is room for optimism. Some of these organizations, Black Theater United, I think, is is the one that said it specifically in the article, if I remember off the top of my head, said that you can't expect things to change right away. There, This is a huge $15 billion industry. Nothing moves quickly in Broadway. They said they uh-huh. work in three-year plans. Um, they want they have a plan for three years at a time. Then they'll start another one in 2025 after three years are over. So it will take time. People seem to recognize that, but there is optimism that Broadway can sure. kind of get its shit together when it comes to how it deals with the racial reckoning that we've all kind of been through mm. over the past 365 days. One, I think it's really important to mention about how long things take, as you mentioned, that kind of three-year plan. Uh, and we're talking about however many decades of the- of Broadway yeah. and of theater yeah. history at this point. And just the, the trickle-down effect that that has had, trickle-down effect doesn't work 
work uh, according to the state of the union but here yes, it does thank you. Thank you, <laughs> here it does in, in terms of the way that injustices make their way through the system it absolutely does here so we have x years and decades of history to work through and prejudices to work through and injustice to work through and that is going to take time i know that everybody everybody wants a quick solution um, and there won't be a quick solution, but the fact is that the change, like the, the effort to make change has to be more immediate yeah. than the actual change itself. I also think the, you know, the quote that you read, it really reminded me of like the look for the helpers kind of mentality. Yeah. I, you know, I think Fred it's Fred Rogers. Exactly. Like, I think it's good to mention that there are definitely, there are, there are always going to be people who aren't on board for whatever reason, but there are also always going to be people who are stepping in and leading and wanting to make the change. And you definitely see a lot of that happening here. And there's a lot of that in this article, which is great. I'm about 95% of the way through it. It's a long read. It's It's a a very long read. It's a very long read and very thorough and for good reason. Um, And, you know, good to see the unnamed people in the piece speaking, like there was one Schubert executive, like we're not going back even after Sardis reopens and we're all more comfortable, like these are permanent changes. It's good to see that even if we're not directly seeing the impact of that right now is we're still on the standstill. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that person who spoke from the Schubert organization, I'm assuming not speaking um, on the record officially because they right. probably aren't the person leading the Schubert organization and aren't at liberty to speak on behalf of the organization. But one of the things that Lee does in the article is he kind of calls out the silence that we've had from the Nederlanders and yeah. from Jordan Roth. Yeah. Talks about not only the fact that they've they've made tertiary responses to a few things here and there, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter, the you know the kind of social media performative stuff that we've seen from everybody, sure. but then he goes into the depth of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, the Nederlanders um, having uh, contributed money to President Trump. And while he notes that Jordan Roth has donated to many, many liberal causes over the year, talks about the fact that his father is a confidant and a business partner with with Donald Mm -hmm. Trump and and how that implicates Mm -hmm. things. Um, Lee also mentioned that... um, Th- that since all of this stuff came out about um, I forget which Nederlander it was who donated a bunch of money to Trump, he has then gone through and made huge donations, hundreds of thousands of dollars to a lot of liberal causes and progressive um, politicians, which is great. But yeah, it, it, <laughs> but it shouldn't have <laughs> needed to get exactly to that. the damage is already. I think it was Warren Adams in the piece who's a producer and choreographer who did mm-hmm. Motown the musical. Yep. I think. Uh, I think he, I think they're the one that said that, you know, everybody, this isn't something like people don't know that they're doing things wrong. Like every, like, (laughs) like everyone knows that this isn't the way that things are supposed to be. So just change it. And I, you know, people are so resistant to change because that's what's built into them. But everyone knows that this isn't the way that it's supposed to be. There's always a better system that can be built. There are very specific white people holding it up for themselves, and that's what has to change, even if it's not going to be immediate. Right, and I think that tied in perfectly to what I wanted to say. You talked about the fact that, yes, we're not going to be able to have change like like that, but which mm-hmm. is – frustrating because that is often a way that people who don't want to see change happen uh, right. put it off. But what you followed that up with when you said it earlier is that 
they might not have the change right away, but we need to see the effort immediately. Yes. And and that's what I think what kind of uh, what Warren Adams was saying is that, like, if you know there's a problem, do something about it. You might not be able to lift the entire load all at once, but if you start the the process of picking up one piece that will then eventually lead to other people picking up other pieces and then you can do it all together so i i'm optimistic i was pleasantly surprised to see so much optimism from this article yeah especially amongst all of the very dire stats and information that are in there uh, but highly recommend that you all check that out if this is a cause that matters to you and it should be a cause should that matters be. to you should it be. should be a cause that matters to everybody who cares about broadway and theater we're moving forward with or without you so it better be yep. a cause that matters to you. If it's not, don't let the door hit you where the good mm-hmm. Lord split you. All right, let's close out this episode, Ashley, with a feel-good recommendation. Earlier this week, Sutton Foster um, started streaming a concert um, called Bring Me to the Light, which featured a ton of stars, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, it was filmed on the stage at City Center, and you can now stream it from New York or nycitycenter.org. Um, it's $35 and it's available on demand through May 31st. There is some highlights from said concert, including some songs, uh, Hey, Look Me Over, Life of the Party, and Bring Me to the Light. Sutton sings, um, Hey, Look Me Over. And then the aforementioned, uh, Jakina Kolakongo sings Life of the Party from Wild Party. And then the nice. whole ensemble sings, um, Bring Me to the Light. The whole ensemble, in addition to Kolakongo and Foster, Includes Ren Rivera, Kelly O'Hara, and your favorite and mine, Ashley, mm-hmm. Raul yes, Esparza. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, this was directed by Lee Silverman, who Sutton obviously worked with on Violet on Broadway. Janine Tesori was the creative producer, and Michael Rafter is the music director. So, um, Pretty good. Know, pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good group, and to see those five people on stage at the gorgeous New York City Center stage. God, I love uh, that theater. I know it's so good. So I'm looking forward to watching that. I haven't checked it out yet, but you can check Same. out those highlights in the show notes. All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway, everybody. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to follow us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, so you can be a part of this Sunday's live recording of this week on Broadway. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 